0: Welcome to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Ann Duffy. Dental Entrepreneur Women is here to dive deep and share stories with the mission to inspire, highlight, empower, and connect all women in dentistry.
1: Hello, everyone. It is Ann Duffy, and this is the Just Do It podcast. I'm so happy that you're here listening and so happy that you get to meet my special guest, Ms. Janet Hagerman. Welcome, Janet. Janet.
0: Thanks, Anne. Thank you. Things are blooming here in Georgia. I bet they're blooming where you are, too. Yes, they are.
1: It's gorgeous here in Charlotte, North Carolina. April, spring has sprung. So um, it just, this is a perfect time for us to get together and talk about your new book and Room to Bloom. But before we start, I want to tell everybody a little bit about you. So Janet Hagerman is a master level ikebana japanese floral design artist who has ex- exhibited nationally janet studied floral design in hawaii where she owned and operated a male order tropical flower business and then founded tlc creations inc an atlanta-based company specializing in unique floral design and decor for special events her distinctive floral designs have been featured at the atlanta high museum of art the jimmy carter presidential center The historic Fox Theater, and Atlanta's top hotels. Janet has taught and demonstrated floral design at the Atlanta Botanical Garden at Emory University and for TV audiences. In her other life as a thought leader in the healthcare industry, Janet is known for her creative communication and leadership strategies. Janet teaches, writes, and speaks about growing your greatness helping people to maximize their business and personal potential, always through the art of harmony with nature. Janet shares homes in Georgia and Hawaii with her husband, Whit, who loves nature with her. Janet loves to read, cook, travel, walk in nature, and of course, garden. Oh, Janet, it is such a pleasure to see you today. And I love reading your bio because it just gets me excited about the different things that you're doing in your life and how you bring beauty um to not only your surroundings but uh today you're going to bring it to all of us. So thank you so much for being here again.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, well, um I th- I think it's just a message to all doers women in whatever aspect of dentistry you're in. And of course you and I, you know, we both started as hygienists and have gone in, you know, there's so many options of different directions that may be dental oriented and may not be necessarily dental oriented, but we can all use a little room to bloom in our lives. So, um, uh, so I'm delighted to be here. Thanks, Anne.
1: Oh, gosh, you're welcome. I'm telling you, tell us a little bit about Ikebana. I hope
0: I'm saying that right, but that's something I do not know anything about. You are, actually. Uh, ikabana is the art of Japanese floral design. It's very different than commercial roundy-moundy floral design. It's very nature-based. Uh, It was originally created by samurai warriors who were the very first to put in one or two flowers in a little tiny vase uh, on the battlefield to bless them for battle. Uh, That's where it started. Um, Japanese floral design includes negative space. It's very symbolic in where you place different pieces of line material and then just a few blossoms. So it's very much um, Ikebana means literally living flowers And it's very much uh, symbolic of life, nature, um, heaven, earth, man, and um, simple elegance. So the whole process of it is rather structured, but um, what I teach is sort of a um, relaxed version of it. I just teach people to be in nature, observe nature, harvest in nature, and bring pieces of nature into your home, your, your place of work and do a little creativity with it. So you create a a little miniature masterpiece of your own creativity, working in harmony with nature. So that's the floral design part of it that comes from Ikebana. And of course, so there's the philosophical part of it, which is what The Little Book of Bloom is about.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Because you know, it's almost like bringing nature in. And I like, I love that. Because Well, frankly, I just had my windows washed and just to be able to be inside and look outside and see it so clearly and the branches that are blooming, I I feel like that would be something that instead of going to the market and and buying flowers there in somebody else's yard or garden, I can just take from my own. And it it feels really good and serene.
0: Well, it is good and serene. I mean, for me, it's my happy place. When I'm playing with flowers, I am totally Into that, and all my stress just goes away. And you know, I know you and you're like me, you like to garden, I like to garden, but not everybody wants to get their fingers dirty in the dirt. And yet there's still an opportunity, as you said, to bring nature in. We know, um, you know especially with, with COVID, where we've been also sequestered and and and, and getting more involved in technology via Zoom, etc. which of course has been great for us. But at the same time, um, there's a part of us that needs to be out in nature. Um, the countless studies have been shown That when you go out in nature, even if it's for a simple walk, sometimes even virtually experiencing nature, I mean, it has physical effects on our body, it lowers our blood pressure, our retention gets better. Um there's a thing in Japan called forest bathing. It's a whole process where you go pay somebody to take you on a tour through the forest, and you just they they guide you through the experience of walking in a forest and just experiencing nature. So um, as we as we ruin more of nature on our planet, as we become more technologically oriented. I think it's just, and other other people too, I mean, there are many people that have written on this subject in addition to me, um, scientifically, that it's more, it's important for us to, to commune with nature, just appreciating it, enjoying it, looking up at the trees, enjoying the birds, um, and creating, uh, you know, some creativity with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we were talking the other day when I was thinking about having you on this podcast, and I thought, how neat is it to um, even, I think it was some of the philosophy that you were talking about from Ikebana, like when, have um, a floor arrangement or a branch or something in your foyer or in your welcome, on your welcome table when people walk in your door. Say a little bit more about that because I I
0: loved that concept. Well, the Japanese concept in Ikebana is that you typically have a space when you as a guest, when your guests enter your home in the front door, there is an alcove. It's called the Tokonoma. So it's an alcove, and typically on the wall, the back wall of the alcove, there will be some sort of a piece of art like a scroll or a painting hanging or something like that. And then on the floor of the tokonoma which it would be raised, you would have a floral arrangement. So it could either be a flat a floral arrangement in a flat bowl. And you'd have your floral arrangement, or it could be that's uh, called moribana, or a tall vase, taller vase, which is Nigeria, and you would have your floral arrangement. And so, what you would typically do as a guest is come in, and before you go in, you would pause, observe the tokonoma, and appreciate the art and the floral arrangement, and compliment, you know, the the host, the host or the hostess, um, to to enjoy that. So it's it's. Uh, it's a standard classic. Um, So, and and I do that in, in our home. We don't have an official tokenoma, but we do have, most people have some sort of an entryway where, you know, you could put something as simple as, three flowers in one vase.
1: Yes. And and I and I ever when we were talking, I I went around and I started putting little vases everywhere and <laughs> going in the garden. And it's funny, Janet. I I picked just I cut a couple of pansies and just one uh, like in our in our little guest bathroom, I have a little a little vase that I have in there. I try to keep a flower in there, and it had been empty for a while, and I put in I clipped a um a lavender pansy popped it in there and it just gives me joy it gives me peace i'm not i it's something about it so i guess you know it's rubbing what your your method is rubbing off on me and um i want to thank you for that
0: well i'm so glad it should that's that's my goal is that it will rub off on people and, and not just you know the pleasure of seeing it there but the pleasure of Snipping it, cutting it, even conditioning flowers. I get great joy from conditioning the flowers and handling them. It's so funny, you know, when we do these retreats and there's, you know, dozens of people doing this, we all create something different. But, you know, we're often instructed to, you know, look at three. Tulips, which you would think would be identical, and look for the differences, and look for what the flower wants to say, or what position is the prettiest position to view the flower. So you really do sort of, you know, woo woo woo. You become one with nature. You come become one with the, with with the plant or the flower. Uh, but it just um, it's just such a beautiful way to de stress. And you know, heaven knows we we need to de stress. Uh, you know, the lifestyle that we live. So it's a beautiful way to do that.
1: Yeah. So, so you're saying there's a method to your madness then apparently, right? So that when you're putting those
0: blooms together, we thought they were just
1: beautiful and, and, but you put some thought into it and that gives a sense of calm. So I, you know, you wrote this gorgeous little book, the little book of bloom. So tell us a little bit about what the concept is there and why you wanted to write this.
0: Well, and I'm, yeah, it is the little book of bloom. And I did that intentionally. I wanted something that was really, this is a short, as you know, simple, quick, easy read. You can flip through it in 30, 40 minutes, probably um, with a lot of pictures, (laughs) quite frankly, a lot of graphics. So it's it's gorgeous. Really? Thank you. Um, So, uh, you know, some of my my heroes, so to speak, like Frank Lloyd Wright, who, you know, created a whole concept of creating buildings uh, in harmony with nature. So um, my purpose in the book was to help people live a more inspired lifestyle uh, and, and, and help people be more um, motivated, inspired, and accomplish their goals. So um, I love acronyms and each letter in bloom stands for a different step. It's the little book of bloom nature's five steps to cultivate the power of your potential. So, uh, each letter stands for something that we can learn from nature to help us live our lives better. So you want me, you want me to explain each one?
1: I would love to, I know how to spell bloom B L O O M. So
0: tell us what each letter stands for. All right, quickly, um, the B in bloom stands for begin. You know, so often we we have, well, we all have ideas constantly. Everybody does. We are each a seed that blooms into something, and we are inundated with ideas all the time. And sometimes we have a tendency to either not act on them or think maybe they're not so good or just procrastinate until, God forbid, all of a sudden you see Somebody else has done what you've been thinking of all along. And I mean, ha- has that ever happened to you? And you went, oh, my gosh, I had that idea. Why did I not do anything with it? So um, so the B in Bloom stands for begin. If you have something that you feel strongly about or passionate about, go ahead and just make that first step and get started to develop it. That is the power of beginning. And a lot has been been written about that throughout throughout um, throughout history. So B is for uh, begin, L is for leverage, because a lot of times we forget the resources we have to help us with uh, the ideas. A lot of times we've already done something with an idea that we can repurpose. And of course, in the publishing industry, you know that, Um, ideas and articles can be, you know, separated and more articles made from a major article, or as I did with my first book, Selling Dentistry, taking articles and putting them together as the format for a book, you know, so it's looking at what resources do I already have so I don't have to keep reinventing the wheel every time. So I begin my idea or project, and now I'm frustrated because I've taken the first step, but I don't know what to do next. So rather than to be able to look around and go, well, what what else have I created that has to do with this that I can put together or repurpose? So nature is constantly recycling. Everything in nature gets recycled. So it's just sort of a, a mental creative recycling is what leveraging is.
1: Well you know I really like that because a lot of uh, women that I've talked to since we started do want to do something else want to get out of the op want to do have a or side gig and I have always had a side gig within dentistry so it's interesting I guess in my career instead of popping out of dentistry and just starting a, a movement for women in general my niche and my leverage would be starting a movement to raise women in dentistry, and that is close to my heart. But that kind of that makes sense to me. And I've said to young women out there, just you know, well, let's look in within dentistry. What can you do within dentistry? You just had this education, this experience. You've already got a, a, a stronghold here. Let's leverage that, and then get on to the next um, the next opportunity that you want to let, kind of like you know, massage and marinate within that um, arena. So I, I love that. I think that, you know, to begin something totally outside of what you we know and learn is a little bit harder than doing it within. So leverage is,
0: is really key, I can see, to success. How about O? Well, there are two O's. The first one is um, others, you know, the power, I don't need to say too much on this because do um, embodies it. It's the the power of leveraging other people in, in your life, you know, looking at, um, over and over again, I stumble across people that, um, I, I used to know, and I somehow reconnect with them and it just always, it doesn't surprise me, but it just makes me happy. And uh, it's so refreshing to know how, those reconnections can be so powerful and how people that have the do mentality, that philosophy of help, um, you know, that pay it forward, the net weaving philosophy is opposed to networking net weaving where, you know, you put other people together and somehow it comes back to you, but the whole idea of, um, of leveraging other people in, in your life. Yes. And it works both ways, doesn't it? I mean,
1: I, I think it's so, uh, key because just, Two or three weeks ago, you popped in finally to our coffee chat, <laughs> our doing coffee on Wednesdays, and I mean the electricity and the co- the connections and the communication and the and the conversations were so rich with everybody, um, and I think we all ended up you know finding ways to collaborate just in that one hour on that one Wednesday. It's a good start, and I think it, you know, that's just um, something that obviously uh, resonates with you or others and so good that we could um you know bring you in and of course everybody's welcome on this on these wednesday co- wednesday's wednesday coffees um but that that kind of really you know speaks to that others um the first o
0: absolutely and i loved being on that and i made a new friend and get, and got a new coach so i mean it was huge for me
1: well that's wonderful and for all of us so tell the the next o
0: obstacles Overcoming obstacles, and you know, I I talk about people in in history or or people um, that I admire. Um, you know, I I think you know most people know that Oprah Winfrey had a very difficult childhood that she overcame. Uh, Nelson Mandela. I mean, how do you spend twenty years in prison and come out and forgive the people that put you there? The amazing, amazing man, and this adorable woman th- that. Um, that is now, um, you know, a champion for women's rights that was shot in the head. I mean, these people are amazing. And then Walt, Walt Disney, one of my favorites, you know, who was told over and over again, you know, you'll never, the banks, I think something like three or 400 banks turned him down for before he found one that could believe in his dream. And early in his life, he worked for a newspaper that finally fired him and said, you just, you lack creativity, Walt, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Can you believe it? You lack (laughs) creativity and originality. So, um, you know, and and I think for us, you know, we're not famous like that, but just knowing that obstacles are a part of nature and that we are a part of nature and therefore obstacles are going to be in our way. So, but it's like taking a hike. I mean, how much fun would it be to take a hike if it was a straight road that just didn't have any branches to climb over, uh, you know, or streams or to... rocks to climb. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, the Japanese have this, um, chart, my husband and I just spent the weekend at Gibbs gardens, which is a fabulous garden in uh, Atlanta, in, in George, North Georgia, they have the largest a uh, Japanese garden in North America, and there is a, a, a part of it is a called the Zigzag Bridge. I think I wrote about this for Do a couple of years ago. Yes, I remember the Zigzag Bridge. Yes, the Zigzag Bridge. So the 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 myth is that evil spirits travel in a straight line. So if you get on the Zigzag Bridge, you're zigging back and forth and back and forth. So you're avoiding. The evil spirits, you're, you're, the evil spirits can't can't uh, affect you because you're going a zigzag, and it's sort of you know a metaphor for for life. You know the zigzags, what we think of are as obstacles or failures. Once we learn to figure out how to get around them, or under them, or over them, or through them that become our learning blocks, our, 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 um, our, our, learning blocks for, for success. So, um, so embrace the obstacles, embrace the obstacles, uh, embrace the obstacles and just know that the faster we grow in technology, the uncertainty is always there. So rather than trying to get certainty, we just need to embrace the uncertainty and keep moving forward. So that's the O, overcoming obstacles. And then finally, the M in bloom is mentor and how important that is on both ends, you know, to be a mentor as well as to allow yourself to be mentored. Some of my best mentors are people that, I mean, after they spoke at a meeting, I literally, I went up to them and said, well, you mentor me? <laughs> Paul Homily, for example, he has been so generous and gracious to me. Vicki uh, Vicky McManus also, uh, and just countless people that have been, you know, gracious sharing their um, expertise, their love, um, their help. And so it's just been a great model for me to, to, to model that as well. And then co- conversely, to mentor somebody and be their coach and see them literally bloom And develop is just so heartwarming and, um, rewarding. It's just, it's wonderful. Rewarding. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Those are the components of the little book of bloom. The components of the little book
1: book of bloom. I love Mm -hmm. it. And then there is room to bloom, you know, um, so many neat things that you said about, um, just how that lays over our lives. And I think that we can learn from, and it's just the simplicity of, of, um, the methodology of Ichabana and of uh, nature com- coming together for all of us is is just gives you some pause gives me some pause to think today and i love that uh the doers are listening to this and you know what 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 is their takeaway janet what what can they take away from the little book of bloom
0: well the takeaway is read the little book of bloom because i think you'll be inspired by it and and then just be able to use those simple principles. Just what you just said, the simplicity of it is what's the beauty. I'm definitely into simplicity, but it can be very powerful. So um, read the book and just follow the steps and, um, you know, go out and get a, get a little bit of fresh air and a taste of nature and do just what you did. You know, go pick some things from your yard or your neighbor's yard with their permission, of course um, we call that yardolia. Oh, I love that yardolia. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. And just, just enjoy it. We, we have flowers all over the house all over the time and it just is, um, bringing the beauty in. It really is bringing the beauty in. Inside and out. And I'm going to love that. I love that, um,
1: sharing of our harvesting. Um, I have a beautiful magnolia that was, um, you know, about as big as our ten-year-old when we planted it, and now it's I, you know, it's a couple stories tall, and um, I tell my neighbor it's in between us, and I say, oh, you know, hey, Christmas is coming, you know, pick as many magnolia leaves as you want. What a beautiful gift! Yes, it is a beautiful gift, but I'm going to do it with more purpose going forward, and it's the funny thing I was just thinking. I used to, and I haven't done this for a while. I used to carry a clippers in my car, and if I was down a on a dead road or a you know a, a, you know a, a dead end or something like that, and no nothing was you know there except some wildflowers, I would just clip those and bring them home. And I would it would give me such joy. And it's kind of
0: I guess I've been doing this for a long time. I didn't even know it. So absolutely. I'm I'm never without my clippers. As as a matter of fact, I try to travel with them as well. Because one of the things I love to do is when I visit somebody, if they have a yard of foliage, whatever, to just go pick some containers in their home walk their yard, and the two of us go, oh, this is pretty, this is pretty, this is pretty, and collect some things and then go in and put some floral arrangements around the house. I do that with my sisters all the time when I visit them.
1: Oh, I wish you lived down the street. We're having this big wedding in the backyard. and I think
0: you can do it, Anne. You're inspired enough now. You think so. I, I love it. But yeah. what I
1: love about some of the things in our yard and also gave me another idea is that the hostas that we have in our yard right now are actually from my father-in-law's garden in Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, yes. And,
1: and they mean so much to me. And I love when friends take a snippet of that or dig up, you know, in the fall, I say, come dig what you want, because it just means so much more. And, um, I look at those every year and you know, my gosh, he's, he's been gone for a long time. He's probably would be, I'm going to say close to a hundred now, um, in age. And just the fact that I'm, it's a legacy, isn't it? It's it just, just to value that and to, to make it so special. So I'm going to really concentrate on the special, yeah,
0: specialness of that. I'm just having a, a last minute thought here for the doers. And I would say, yes, go to my website, order the book, read it, and just go play with flowers. Um And the other thing I want to say is maybe, you know, that's not your thing, but definitely get the benefits of being outside, but leverage if you're in dentistry and you're getting a little cooped up from the clinical. And I certainly understand that I dropped out of dentistry actually for years when I was doing my florals in Hawaii. Um, But I came back with a, a lot of different renewed interests. And I think that the women that are doers, um, Part of this is very meditative. And I think if you think about what you're passionate about, it could be photography or writing um, and how all of those things can help develop a career in dentistry that can help other women. It may not be clinical necessarily, but they're just different ways. And we all are creative beings, whether you believe it or not, you are. And so that'll just help you develop the meditative creative parts of your brain you know the right and left brain um our left brain is what we're very into in dentistry because we're so clinically oriented we live in millimeters so just allowing that other side of your brain to wake up a little bit and start to sprout and you'll be surprised at what speaks to you what ideas come to you that would be my gift for the doers
1: I love it. Though you know that 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 is going to your little book of bloom and that actually is going to be on our website as well, um, because we have a little book nook here for the doers. And um the little book of bloom will inspire and empower and it's gonna connect all of us. So we're gonna to have to have something, Janet. We'll have it, let's do a a webinar or something where we actually spend a few hours or an hour in our backyard and all come together and share it on a zoom. We're going to put that in our, let's do that for for one of our, our sessions. I think that would be really fun and talk about what those mean to us. So thank you, Janet, for the uh, little book of bloom and to show us how there is room to bloom in all of our lives. Mm -hmm. You said it beautifully. Thanks, Anne. This is great. You bet. And to all of our listeners, you know, keep doing you because you are special. And thanks for joining us today.
0: Thank you for listening to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Ann Duffy. To learn more about dental entrepreneur women, to share your story, or to join the movement, please visit our website, do.life. That is D-E-W dot life. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, keep doing you.